In this episode, I'm going to talk about safe spaces and healthy boundaries. It's about horses and also about life. It also might be a bit of a rant. So here we go. Episode 20, Healthy Boundaries. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Creating safe learning environments is really important to me. So I regularly receive emails and messages from students thanking me for creating the atmosphere that I have inside my groups for my online programs and also on my general uh, Dressage Naturally Facebook um, group pages and and really kind of (laughs) everywhere in clinics. It's high on my priority as a teacher. Uh, They'll often say that... Um, They've been in other Facebook groups or um, in other clinics and that they haven't felt safe or, you know, in the, in the main feed of Facebook, that it's really common for them to feel criticized or feel afraid to put themselves out there or make a mistake or even just post a picture of themselves. Uh, They feel judged. Um, And then they also, you know, sometimes then they'll just hang back and observe and then they see other people getting ripped apart. You know, you guys have all seen it. You know, you post the picture, someone posts a picture on Facebook and goes, you know, what do we think about this? How wrong is this person riding? (laughs) Anybody relating out there? Uh, So, you know, this, this isn't just about social media though. Right. So it's it's definitely heightened there because there's so many people and so much information kind of compressed in a small um, place. But, you know, this has been going on, you know, as long as humans have existed, probably, you know, in the horse world, you know, ringside uh, criticism has been happening for a long time. Right. The railbirds. And, um, you know, this I've seen this. I've seen this happen with students at the facility I used to teach at. Really, everywhere you go, there's going to be someone saying something about someone. Am I right? <laughs> and someone's feelings are going to get hurt. And the answer is not just about toughening up. All right. I mean, there's a certain, well, as we'll see, there's going to be some certain boundaries that need to be put in place and that we need to feel confident to have those boundaries. But I don't think it's about becoming tougher, harder, or more tolerant of uh, mean people. <laughs> I don't think we should be more tolerant of mean people. I think we need to um, have ways of, of um, taking care of ourselves and setting the boundaries. So um, just to kind of highlight how important this is, if you want to look for clues, uh, you know, on my website, on, um, on my Meet Karen page, you know, I say right at the top, learning from Karen is like having your own personal cheerleader, her sense of responsibility to the horse, as well as her open, non-judgmental, fair-minded nature allows you to go beyond the rigid rules of specific disciplines and get to the heart 
of your mental, emotional, and physical partnership with your horse. And so that says a lot, actually. And there's a reason why I put that as the opening sentence that, you know, when you meet me, that's what I want you to know, right? So um, that it's important for me to be there for you. It's important to me to be open, a state of mind of openness, non-judgmentalness, and fair-minded, right? And the going beyond the rigid rules of specific disciplines just means you know, the riding is, is very traditional, right? There's lots of traditions and there's lots of experience and there's lots of, this is the way you do it. The trouble is this is the way you do it changes every 50 to hundred miles, right? And it's different in different disciplines and it's different from one trainer to the other. So there are certain probably universal goals or lines we don't want to cross with horses, but there's usually not an absolutely right or absolutely wrong way to do things. There's a lot of wiggle room most of the time. So when when students are in groups where it's like, this is the only way, this is the right way, and if you're not doing it this way, you know, it can be really, um, it can be really hard. It can be really confusing. Um, so <laughs> also on the Dressage Naturally about Dressage Naturally page, I mentioned right at the top or near the top, um, the importance of confident independent learning. And that, you know, if you're always being cut down, you're not going to be a confident independent learner. Non-judgmental awareness. There's that word non-judgmental again. And I mentioned growth mindset. And so the idea of growth mindset is that you believe you can change. So um, where that comes in is when um, you know, you're not a, if you make a mistake, you're not a dumb person. Maybe you just did a dumb thing, right? But there's a big difference between being, you know, a dumb person and doing a dumb thing. I probably wouldn't even say a dumb thing. It's like, but you know what I mean? So it's, it's not that you're bad at something. You just did this thing, not as good as it possibly could be. But the idea of a growth mindset is it's not inherent, right? Everybody can change. And if you put your mind to it, you can improve. <clears throat> so there's that. That kind of gives you just, you know, the the little bit of context of where I'm coming from on these issues. Now, there's something else that we know as, as horsemen, we probably know this, that relaxed alertness provides the best learning environment, right? And so for humans, one of the things that that works against relaxation is self-consciousness or, you know, fear of being criticized, being insulted, things that create brace in ourselves, right? So one of the ways that I like to create safe learning environments is to help people relax and to be lighthearted about it and to know that they're not going to be criticized and judged. Everybody is somewhere in their journey and we have to honor where they are. And then what's the next step? So the relaxed alert alertedness is, you know, that works for horses. It works for people. And it's, it becomes, you know, it becomes a view of life, right? So why not create circumstances where we all can be our best in life? I find, you know, what's the phrase, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. That's not completely true. But 
it does apply. So if we want to have relaxed alertness with our horses, we want to be positive for them. Why can't we be that with, with people, with each other? Now I know I'm going to make a, I'm going to make an uncharacteristic generalization here, just as an example <laughs> to illustrate what I just said. Um, I have experienced, and this is true. Now, again, please don't take this the wrong way. But some of the meanest emails that I have received <laughs> have been from people defending positive reinforcement. Now, I'm not saying that all positive reinforcement people are mean, but it is true that some of the meanest emails that we have gotten from people um, have been people who were saying that positive reinforcement is the only way to go. So there's that. <laughs> and I just find that so ironic. So that was just meant to illustrate, you know, how we, how we do anything is how we do everything. Maybe sometimes it's better if we think we want to be positive with our horses, maybe we can be positive with people too. And to step back and look at the bigger picture. So anytime we put ourselves out there, we risk criticism. Now it used to be that there were people who put themselves out there, um, people who were performing or writing books or things like that. And then there were people who who just watched or observed or received those performances. These days with social media, we are all putting ourselves out there to a degree. Anytime you post something on social media, you have put yourself out there. And I think a lot of people have, are feeling the stress of that. And they don't even have to be you know, controversial posts. They, they don't even have to be political. <laughs> to elicit huge reactions from people, right? For every picture of a nice steak meal that someone posts, there's a vegan out there <laughs> that's offended, right? And vice versa. Um, I don't know, are meat, are meat eaters offended by pictures of carrots? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you get the idea. You know, riding, riding bitless and treeless and barefoot, you know, maybe for those of you listening, that all is like, you know, my people, but you would not believe how controversial that is and the comments that I get and the emails that I get. If I carry a stick in my hand, that's controversial. If I use treats, that's controversial. <laughs> if I use my voice and I talk to my horses, that's controversial to some people. Or maybe I don't use my voice and that's controversial for some people. <sighs> so, you know, I've also seen students post pictures of themselves, like I said, and on their horse, they're like, oh my God, I made such, but this was such a great day. I rode my horse and he was awesome. And they post the picture and then someone has to chime in and go, you know, bits are cruel. <laughs> You're doing that wrong. If you ride them like that, He's going to go lame. Is anybody nodding out there? Is that just, is this just me that this is happening to? No, I know it's not just me because I've heard from you guys. 
And I've heard from you guys because some of you have seen posts where people have made comments, whether it's horse related or life related or anything related that I've posted either in my, you know, horse pages or on my personal page. And they've seen me deal with the comments and I really do my best to handle them graciously and from a place of my higher self. I'm not always successful, but I, I do try. <laughs> um, and I, this is part of why I wanted to talk about this to kind of share um, how I've been dealing with it because I have put myself out there more than some, less than others, but I'm out there. So <laughs> it's been an interesting experience to say the least. But I think there is something to relate about this, you know, to, to our horsemanships, to relate it to healthy boundaries and calm attentiveness and safe places. So now when somebody writes a comment criticizing me, oh, I found myself, I found myself, um, students have said, hey, you have to go to this group. They're ripping you apart right now. <laughs> so I go over there and I, li I listen. So when someone posts a comment uh, criticizing either me or my thoughts or actions or maybe criticizing whatever it is that I posted, because personal growth is really important to me, I do always take a moment. And I, I ask myself, is there something that I can learn from this? Because you know what? I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'll, I might be doing or saying or thinking or believing something. And it's actually not factual or, or I'm, I'm off course somehow. And sometimes people will post something and I go, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know that. Like, that's old news or this changed or I had no idea about that, you know, and then that's helpful. So I think it's, I think it's healthy to just go, let me, let me look at this. Is there something I need to learn? Right. Fair enough. But, or, and just because I'm able to learn from it doesn't mean I have to allow it. So what do I mean by that? There's, there's constructive criticism and there's non-constructive or what's called destructive criticism. So there's, I'm sure I'm not alone. Many of you listening are the, are the kind of people who like, okay, I can learn from this, right? There's all, you're going to learn from everything. If you're, if you're like me, you're going to learn something from everything. And maybe someone's even right. Like maybe, you know, you didn't like, oh my God, I didn't realize that. Like, yeah, you're right. But they might've stated it in a very mean spirited way. So it's possible to learn something and gain new information and still have a healthy boundary in place. So constructive criticism is intended to show that the goal is better achieved or a problem is better solved by an alternative approach. 
constructive criticism is focused on taking what was proposed and making it better. And it often includes suggestions for improvement and creates a spirit of cooperation. Now, I didn't write that last paragraph, and I'll, I'll um, share the link to this in the show notes. So if you're listening anywhere, then um, on my website, or if you can see, click on notes, you just go to the episode on my website, and I'll share the link to this article that I found. It's a short article, um, but I found it really helpful. So that was their definition of constructive criticism, and I just loved it, so I kept it just the way it is. And they go on to write, on the other hand, destructive criticism doesn't aim to improve things. Its only goal is to tear things down or show them as invalid. You can spot destructive criticism by the fact that instead of engendering cooperation, it puts the responsibility for fixing whatever problem is described by the critic squarely on the shoulders of the criticized criticized. You did that wrong. Instead of going, Hey, you know, I, there, you could do this also or something like that. So I, th- I love that, that description of constructive or destructive. And you know how you tell most of the time you can tell because of how it makes you feel. Constructive criticism can make you feel like, Whoa, I could do that even better. Awesome. Thank you. Destructive makes you feel bad. It makes you feel like a failure. Now, little asterisk footnote sidebar, as I'm saying this, I also believe that no one can cause you to feel a certain way. We only can, our feelings are completely our responsibility, but you guys know what I mean. Like there's the feeling, like I get that too. Like if somebody does a destructive criticism, it hits me in my gut and then I can change it and realize that my feelings are up to me and they can't do that to me. I can only make myself feel bad, but still it's like that initial, like, Ooh, that wasn't nice. It doesn't make you feel like doing more. It makes you feel like shrinking and hiding often, or maybe that's just me. Some people might get mad and then use it to fuel them. (laughs) But at any rate, the initial feeling, the initial intention of destructive criticism is not friendly. So I think this is helpful also because we're out there maybe helping people and, and maybe we think we're being helpful. And it's good to look at your own dialogues with people and in your quest to quote, be helpful, are you actually being constructive or are you being destructive, right? Are you, are you um, nurturing cooperation? Are you trying to make things better? Are you just trying to point out that someone else is wrong and pointing out where other people are wrong is going to, is going to break cooperation. So it's by nature going to distance. It's not going to usually change much. Whereas constructive criticism can help. It can help engage, right? Now, the other thing with constructive criticism is it doesn't always have to be given. Constructive criticism is is better to be asked for than to be given. So as a professional 
horse trainer, <laughs> instructor, I could go through the world giving lots of opinions to lots of people. And guess what? I don't. I don't unless asked. And that's not just because, you know, it's not because of, of a transaction. It's because it's not my place. It's not my place. If someone has not asked me to give them advice, then it's not my place to give it. So, you know, sometimes I see people drop in comments of this is wrong and that's wrong. And I think, gosh, that must be exhausting. Scanning the Facebook newsfeed, telling everybody how they're doing things wrong. <laughs> I tend to just scroll on by unless someone asks a real question and then I'm happy to answer. So in the group, back to some practical advice. So in the groups that I moderate, it's easy for me to um, delete the mean-spirited, destructive criticisms, you know, or otherwise offensive comments. Um, often I do that, I delete them, and then I might let that person know why their comment was deleted. You know, hey, this is, you know, against the rules of the group. Um, you know, here we don't say that unless someone asks us for opinion. We're here to, you know, I might explain because I, I, in some ways, if they're in one of my groups, then hopefully they are there to participate. And I want participation. So sometimes we just need to change the how are they participating? And maybe that they think that that's just the way things are supposed to be. And they don't realize the effect that it's happening. So I'm, I'm always an educator, right? But it's easy for me to delete and to do that because I'm in the leader role. Right? I put myself in this position to protect the safe learning environment of my students. And I think in doing that, as I showed you before, it's completely consistent with how I teach people to be with and to train their horses. So the personal development, this attitude, this safe, calm, attentive environment um, is what I create with horses. It's what I create with people. So I don't feel bad at all deleting a comment or telling someone why I deleted it and, and how to change because it's, it's absolutely consistent with my, how I go through life and how I train. And it's, and that's what they're there for if they're in one of my groups. So it's really about preserving that safe learning environment where people are free to ask questions. Doesn't matter what kind of question. I love questions. And, and to be accepted wherever they are in their journey. And the safe learning environment is where everybody is helpful. And to, when asked, to be constructive without criticizing and demeaning. And now here's the thing, we can do this for ourselves too. So I have needed to do it for myself. It's much easier to do when I'm the leader of a group, I have to say, because I'm protecting, I get all mama bear, I protect my students, right? And I have no problem. But when, it's, when it happens to me and I have to protect myself, it's a little bit harder. So I can imagine it might be hard for you guys too, especially if you if some of you aren't have not been in leadership roles where you can sort of call upon that, right? And play that role. But we are allowed to create our own safe learning and being environments. We're allowed to have rules 
The same way when we create a group on Facebook, we can create rules for that group, right? You can create rules for you, the group of you. (laughs) Now, I have been told by a Facebook, many Facebook commenters, that if I post something, I need to accept all the comments. And my answer to that is no, I don't. And you don't either. If you post something, just because there's a little box that says comment, it doesn't mean that you have to accept anything and everything that people put down. You do not. So this is where we don't have to toughen up. Yes, we need to be able to accept constructive criticism, especially if asked for. (laughs) If asked for. But I don't have to accept everyone's comments about me or what I put out there, and neither do you. So, for example, this is this is the analogy that I use. Everybody has their different ideas about how social media should work and how life should work. But if I have an open house party and I open the doors to my house and let anybody in, if someone comes in and they start ranting and raving and like just talking trash about my house and me and everything in it, I don't have to... I don't have to keep them there. I'm allowed to ask them to leave. Now, you could say that if I just had an open house, I should expect that there's a certain number of people who are going to come in and act mean and like that. True. But just because I have the open house doesn't mean that once they're in there and they start acting like that, I'm not allowed to ask them to leave. So when I post something on Facebook, even from like my personal page. If I post something, it doesn't mean that anybody can come. That's my house. That's a window into my house. That's a door into my house, right? It's like, here's a little piece of my life. I'm opening up the door and letting you see this piece. It doesn't mean that I have to let everybody walk in and poop all over it. (laughs) So if someone comes in my house and proceeds to tell me how I've decorated it really wrong and ugly and how all my furniture is just horrible and they metaphorically poop in my living room, I can ask them to leave. I can kick them out. I can ask them to take their poop with them. (laughs) And now also, so I can delete their post. And I can, tell, I can either just delete it or I can tell them why they're going to delete it, why I'm deleting it. Now, I also through this have to not take it personally. It's so easy to get bah, 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 back and forth, right? Especially on social media. So there's another step involved, which is to not take it personally. And that's the work we all need to do. To not take things personally and also to know whose opinions matter to you and and whose really don't. So I have a list. I have a list in my brain of people whose opinions matter to me, 
personally, professionally. So sometimes there's different categories. And that's a, that's a nice little thing to say. Don't take it personally. <laughs> you know, it's harder to do. And that's, like I said, that's the work we all have to do. Now, I can recommend a couple things. Um, Miguel Ruiz wrote a book called The Four Agreements. Simple little book, powerful, not so easy to live by, but a beautifully, beautifully written. Um, I've, I've bought and given away so many copies of this book. It's just one of those must-have books. I actually spent some time in Mexico uh, with Miguel Ruiz um, in Teotihuacan, Mex Mexico, uh, Toltec Spiritual Center, and um, just amazing. Love his work. Uh, and so and one of the four agreements is to not take things personally. So he goes into that and it's just, it's just beautiful. Highly recommend it. The four agreements. And there's another person I'll recommend, which is Brene Brown. A lot of you know her. Uh, she has many books out, uh, Daring Greatly, Call to Courage, um, is, oh, sorry. Call to Courage is the name of a Netflix special. Highly, highly, highly recommend. And she tells a really powerful story about um, a TED talk that she did. So she has a really great TED talk on shame. And then that was kind of her breakout moment. And so in, in the Netflix special called A Courage, she talks about what happened after the TED talk and it went viral. And then the comments started happening. So um, if any of you have trouble with this department, like I highly recommend, re recommend anything Brene Brown does, but the Netflix special call to courage is just beautiful. I watched it. And then I was like, told my husband, Dana, I was like, you got to watch this with me. And we watched it. And it's just really, really powerful. So again, this paradox, if we decide to not take things personally, it also it doesn't mean that we become doormats, right? So we can be powerful. We cannot take it personally. It doesn't mean we have to accept it. It doesn't mean we have to pretend everything's okay. It doesn't mean we have to accept people pooping in our living rooms. And putting ourselves out there doesn't mean that we're not allowed to establish our own healthy boundaries the same way we would do for other people, right? We just need to establish those boundaries in a way that we don't become what we don't like, right? And man, I know it's tempting. You know, sometimes people say some really mean stuff and you want to like find that zinger to like, boom, boom. Oh yeah, well, boom, boom. <laughs> you're going to poop on me. I'm going to go poop on you. No, we have to take the higher ground. So have your healthy boundaries, but do it in a way where we don't become what we don't want. Be the change, right? So we can accept, meaning we don't necessarily try to change someone. We can love knowing that they, like all of us, are just on one part of their life journey. Who knows where it's going to lead? And to know that they aren't bad people, even if their actions might be hurtful. And 
and we can have our own rules, our own boundaries, and our own protections for ourselves. And so here's where it really can relate to horsemanship. So sometimes when I'm presented with a difficult human moment, my husband Dana will say, all right, well, what would you do if he or she was a horse? And it's just a great question. You know, that's a good rule of life. If you're having trouble in one area, is there another area in life where you're actually pretty good at that thing, right? So I'm really good with boundaries with horses. I can be at the end of a rope of a big fussing horse having a breakdown and I'm okay. <laughs> I don't take it personally. I can, I can constructively criticize the horse or help the horse cooperate, build cooperation. I don't take it personally, right? In general. <laughs> so let's say, you know, a horse walks up and pushes me repeatedly, you know, with his head. I don't like it. I don't want him to do it. I would need to establish a boundary. Now, if it was one of my horses that's doing this, I would look and what can I learn from this? I would notice that maybe I've played a little part in creating this pattern and allowing this behavior. So I need to look at myself. What can I learn? What can I do differently? It's on me. But if it's a, if it's a new horse and I haven't met him before and he comes up and he's just like pushing me and pushing me, what would I do? I would smile at him and find a polite way to let him know that that behavior is not welcome. So actually, you know, today, this sort of thing happened to me. So I'm out hand grazing one of my horses, Atomic, and Ovation and Hotshot start coming walking over. And it, they're so funny. They just are like glued together. And whenever they, they're, they're a couple of troublemakers, very extroverted, very friendly horses. And whenever I see them coming, I sort of in the back of my mind hear the, the theme from Jaws. <laughs> Those of you old enough, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> like, here they come. And, uh, you know, they can be super cute and they like to do tricks to try to get treats. And, you know, they are a little pushy. They're my horses. I, I am responsible for, you know, creating this behavior, but a lot of times I think it's cute. So, but sometimes uh, I don't want to do it. And I wish this horse who's a little high strung because he's been in a stall and I just don't want them close. So I didn't have any treats to give them rewards for doing tricks. And I knew they were going to start doing tricks. So what did I do? I smiled, I looked away, and I quietly swung the end of my lead rope in a slow circle in the air next to me. I didn't look at him. I smiled, and I swung the rope. Now, out of the corner of my eye, I saw Hotshot reaching forward with his little nose, and he took a step forward, and his nose got grazed by the rope just barely as the rope swung by. I wasn't looking at him. I didn't hit him. I just swing in the rope. And so as he went in to check my pockets, the rope bumped him and he pulled his nose back. And I just kept change, same behavior. And pretty soon they got bored and they walked away. Boom, done, handled, no hard feelings. I was totally clear. I didn't have to argue with them, right? So sometimes I do that with people's comments. I just think, nope, not today. 
not engaging in that kind of thing. I smile. I look away and I metaphorically swing my rope. It's called delete. (laughs) And if it's not on one of my posts where I can't delete it, I just smile and I look away. I go, nah, not getting involved. Other times I might engage, but there's still ground rules, right? So let's use a horse example. So let's say I'm, I'm leading a horse and he's all fresh and sassy. And perhaps he's tending towards a little dominant behavior. He's all energized and he prances ahead of me and pulls me into a direction I don't want to go. I don't have to fight him. I don't have to try to hold on to him tightly or punish him or control him or make him be different than he is. I can simply turn in a different direction, right? And that's actually good strategy with horses that are doing that. They zip out ahead of you, just turn around, start walking the other way. Now they're behind you again, right? Maybe if they're really big and pushy, I might swing my stick. And as I turn around, if the stick touches them, they'll tuck in behind me. And it's kind of my way of saying, I'm going this way. Get out of my way. (laughs) You can't take me off on that tangent. Sorry. And that horse might fuss and he might prance and he might repeat the behavior for a little while. I'm going to jump ahead of you and pull you in this direction then. Right? Sometimes I make a post. And the next thing you know, people are commenting on something very tangential or not related at all. And they're grabbing you and they're trying to pull you into this conversation that you have no desire to be in. So I can smile and marvel with curiosity and can continue to reestablish that my horse is free to decide whatever he wants to do, but I'm going to stay in charge in my own direction. I'm going my way. <laughs> and if I have to bob and weave a couple times to throw you off course, I'll do it. So you can do this with people too. You know, the ones who try to take you in a different direction. You posted one thing and now they're blabbing about something else. You're in charge of the conversation you want to have. You can redirect it at any time. Some of you may have seen me do this. I'll post something and then some comments come in and I go, sorry, off topic. (laughs) Or on my personal page, I might be like, sorry, that's not a reliable source. Not reading it. Can't you can't make me right? Just make sure that when you're home on your computer at the other end of this, that you're you're smiling, right? They can't see you, they can't touch you. Don't let them grab you. You know, and sometimes horses will come in for a bite. Maybe they've been burned by humans before. Life's proven to them that they need to not only defend themselves but to be an aggressor. And every person that they meet is going to pay for the sins of the past. And for this horse that comes in like that, I have a lot of compassion and a really strong, well-defined boundary. So this horse comes in on the attack, smile at them, send them so much love, while at the same time I draw a line in the sand and I'm going to be consistent in holding it. Nope, you're not crossing that line. I put them on the other side of the fence. Protected contact, right? If the horse is really dangerous, I'll walk away completely. It's it's for another day. So that's what that's what deleting and blocking. <laughs> Delete, block, unfollow, unfriend. It's okay. You can do it. 
you're allowed to have your own rules. What would you do if this was a horse? So in conclusion, (laughs) go be you out in the world. Don't let someone else tell you how you're supposed to be. Now, but if how you're choosing to be is mean and destructive, notice the cause and effect. You might find yourself with not very many friends who want to cooperate or engage with you. But if you want to have engagement and cooperation and be have a community and feel like you're being helpful, be constructive, preferably when asked. And let the destructive people know you're not playing that game. You be you. And know the people whose opinions matter to you. It's your list, right? Who are the people who matter to you for horses? And who are the people whose opinions matter to you personally? Those are the people you ask if you're not sure. When someone makes a comment and you feel yourself taking it to heart, go talk to one of those people on your list of opinions whose matter to you. They'll talk you down. Know your boundaries and don't be afraid to clarify them. Maybe you need to write them out the same way you write out rules for a a Facebook group. What are your rules of engagement? And get good at explaining them with a smile. You can love someone and block them at the same time. (laughs) You can send them love and block them. Anybody here have family members that they've blocked (laughs) or unfriended? Because that's the best way to love them (laughs) is to not engage on social media with them. That's fair enough. Know the difference between constructive and destructive criticism and do your best to be constructive when asked. And know that even if you know how someone can do things better, perhaps wait for permission to tell them. All right. Well, I hope that that helps someone. (laughs) And you know, all of you are welcome. I hope I didn't scare anybody. You guys are all welcome. Uh, My Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group is open to everybody. You have to click to ask to join. And the only reason for that is so that if you're really misbehaving, I can kick you out. But I really haven't had to do that. So um, let's play together. Let's help each other. Let's build cooperation and help everybody be the best they can be. And while we're doing it, we can just smile and send a lot of love. All right, that's it. Good luck out there. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.